Hello, everyone. Welcome to an action-packed extreme edition. Aaron, don't AR. lie to the people. Okay. Welcome <laughs> to another wacky edition of ARG where we talk about some crazy failed handheld. <laughs> Is that what you wanted me to say? I want you to be honest with the people, Aaron. <laughs> I, I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who's suddenly become the most honest man on earth. I give you the Brent. Yes. Hello, everyone. I bring you only the truth. Oh my gosh! Listen, listen. We have we've we've faced tougher times in today's subject and made it through. Looking looking great. And how can you not look great? And he's awesome. Bam! Pop it! Pop that thing. The Dick Smith Electronics. A wonderful gift. We love these things. We love them, and we had to wear them. So, as much as we love the Dick Smith, Dick Smith not involved in today's episode. Well, he we might have sold these. Well. I not for long. <laughs> we we spun the wheel. We made the deal, the crazy deal, the extreme deal, if you will. And this week, Brent, we're going to be playing games on the Sibico Extreme. Bam, make yeah. the symbol. Just like the gangsters. It's a Sibico Extreme, y'all. Now, Brent, uh, since you did all the research on the Sibico Extreme, I got to ask you. Uh, uh, what did you think? What made you put this on the wheel? What, what, what? Uh, when you were researching pie pieces to put things on the wheel, what was the, what drew you to the Civico Extreme? It that's a that's a very interesting topic, Aaron. I mm-hmm. said, what Russian handheld made an incredible splash in the year 2000, 2001, 2002 era? And I, I dealt. No, I just found it and said, okay, let's try this. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> For someone who's a truth teller, you've been drug out in the light, my friend. You just randomly picked this because you're a goof. Well, by God, when he randomly picks stuff, we still have to pick out games for that sucker and play him. And that's yeah. exactly what we did this week. Now, listen, <clears throat> we're burying, we're burying the Sibico here. But I'm going to tell you, this thing's actually got an interesting backstory. Yes, uh, Brent. In As a different, you know, in, in a slightly different time, we would all have these. That's right. Well, I don't know about that. No, so we would, talk, Aaron. We would. Let's talk about... Now, you can't talk about the Civico Extreme without talking about the Civico Not Extreme. Because this the there classic. was one. And there it is, if you're watching at home. The Civico Not Extreme. It's just called the Civico. Now, what is this thing? Now, it's funny you should t- call this a Russian handheld computer because that's only partially true. I, okay? Yes. It's true, but it's sort of not true. So, uh... It's this is a computer that was made and and produced in Russia, but it wasn't made by Russians. Okay, that's that's I mean it was, but it wasn't like the concept wasn't. Uh, this was the concept of a uh, guy named David Yang. Okay, we'll get into more into David Yang here in a minute. But let's talk about the original Civico, and then we'll talk about its uh its uh follow up, and it was followed up quickly. I might add, so. The Civico is a small handheld device, multi-featured device. Uh, they started testing in April of 2000, and they had a national rollout in May. So the testing went pretty well. So what was this thing? Okay, it had a, it was a handheld device that had a QWERTY keyboard on it. The keys are in a kind of a wacky set; they're small keys, all right, and rubberized. Tec- yeah, that's right. It's for texting. Okay, it featured, uh, it also had an MP3 player add-on, and you could get a smart media card for it. 
it did a bunch of different stuff, including it had this was really uh, nutty at the time. It had a localized chat feature with an antenna, so it could communicate with other units in a maximum of three hundred meters, which is uh, in dumb guy American terms, that's about uh, two tenths of a mile. Okay, so if and, which and something close, to stress on way. this. Uh, this feature was also something that the Nintendo DS kind of did with oh, a yeah. thing called Street Pass. Oh, it yeah. It would yeah. go on Wi Fi signals and find other uh, DSs in the area that had the feature turned on. And you, it was sort of the same kind of thing. Another thing to note about that 0.2 tenths of a mile uh, thing in the United States, they could not use the same radio signal. So that was actually cut down by half um, to, you know, one-tenth of a mile, which is still pretty interesting, pretty cool. Uh, is it? But unfortunate. I mean, you could, you could take a note and tie it to a rock and throw it that far and then hit the guy. You're, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, I mean, come on. But, I mean, it was wireless messaging. So, now, I will, one thing it could do is if you had a bunch of these Sibicos together, they could actually relay messages back and forth for longer distances. That's kind of neat, yeah. You know, so that's not that's not a bad thing. So, uh, uh, and but mostly this was for texting and like doing, and also it played games, all right. And I use I play I say that in the loosest sense, which we'll get to, but it wouldn't play games. Uh, and uh, they were fairly reasonably priced. Uh, you're looking about, uh, I believe these things ran somewhere in the hundred and fifty dollar to hundred forty dollar range, and they dropped extensively after the opening, but they ended up doing pretty well. Uh, uh, the first units, anyway. Like, word on the street is the original Sibico sold, like, 500,000 units. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it was in the first year. And these did not sell in Russia. So these were... That's this was correct. <laughs> so that's the ironic thing. They made these there, but they, they didn't sell there. Uh, so I thought that was kind of wacky. Um, this thing was... Uh, kind of had that kind of uh, 90s-looking plastic, sort of like your... You know, they kind of those stupid Mac colors when they used to have the, you know, the ugly plastic Macs that were all different colors. It's sort of yes. what it reminds me of color wise. Um, Do you know what they were designed after? I'm not whatever. No, I don't think so. Okay. The, the way this design was chosen yeah. was it was always targeted towards America and uh, parts of Europe. That yeah. was going to be the target audience. And they said, especially the American audience, they love their Japanese gadgets. That's so true. this was actually designed to try to look Japanese. And the same thing with the name. The name was picked because it sounded Japanese. And if you go back yeah. and you look at the com- the uh, commercials for this, which we when will. it first came out, <laughs> yeah, um, it has Asian actors talking about how awesome this thing is with real thick Asian accents. And it was trying to push that this was a Japanese and Asian device. And, you know, now all the kids are going to want it. That was well, the yeah. angle they took. It's a good angle because it, it is. is it, if you didn't tell, if I didn't know the history of this thing, I'd, I'd think that same thing. Uh, by the way, for the tech heads in the crowd, this had a Hitachi uh, H8S slash 2241 processor clocked at 11.0592 megahertz uh, and it also had a co-proc in it 
uh, clocked at 4 megahertz to uh, help with the uh, RF communications. It came with 512K uh, flash memory so and 256K RAM. Not too bad for a little gimmick. Uh, brand. Those, those sold pretty well. So then, listen, when you've sold a uh, 500,000 of these bad boys, you know what's coming. The, you can't got to get extreme. And that's exactly <laughs> what they did. They got extreme. Bam. There it is. It's the Civico Extreme. Now, as far as I can tell, these retailed... Oh, by the way, the original came in five colors. Blue, purple, neon, green, white, black. There you go. Sure, why not? So, uh, uh, And you could also... They also had a USB uh, charger. It had built-in battery, a whole nine yards. So Civico Extreme is more of the same, basically. Uh, this was the second generation. This was released pretty quickly after the first generation. I think it was like six months. So it wasn't, it wasn't that long. It was quick, yeah. Yeah. This had a uh, uh, the exact same processor, but it was running at 18 megahertz uh, on this one. It also had the that co-processor I told you about. It had uh, the same amount of flash memory, and it had a one and a half meg of RAM. So this had more RAM uh, in it. Uh, it was the basically the more everything, right? Uh, the uh, so it, it, it yeah, like I said, it was launched. Okay, it says here it was launched about a year later. So this thing was bigger. It was it was. Uh, Probably, uh, I would say probably just by looking at it without holding one, it looks like the design's a little bit better, easier to hold, but it's definitely bigger. Now, do uh, you know what this was modeled after? What was it? it uh, this looks more like a, a, a conventional PDA or something. That's right. Yeah. Uh, when I mean, they hit the kid audience, right? And, yeah. and they, they, I think they pretty much sold their market on that. And they were, st the extreme was still targeted towards kids, uh, but... You could tell that they definitely went for more of a PDA style design. Maybe they yeah. were aiming for the uh, mid and higher teens rather than you know the 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 thirteen through fourteen fifteen year olds. And yeah. I think that this machine is a much much better machine. Uh, the the look, the feel, the where they have the directional pads. You've got more room for typing. It is a bigger physical unit. Um, and it is more capable. It has, you know, like you said, with the more RAM and the, the processor clocked at a higher speed. Uh, yeah. I, I looked at both uh, at pretty extensive detail through emulation. Uh, even the uh, GUI and uh, uh, operating system for the Extreme is different, and it is much improved. Yeah. Now... So I wanted to get into this because I, I dug up an article, a long dead article on the internet about this, and what was I? What I found interesting was it sort of went into how these devices even began. So you, you heard us mention earlier that the guy that came up with these was a guy named David Yang. Okay, <clears throat> story goes, uh, David Yang was in the hospital. Okay, and he imagined <clears throat> a device that would let him talk to other people in the hospital wirelessly that were couldn't get out of their beds. Okay. That was the plan he came up. That was the idea he had. So he was a programmer, and he, th he thought it was a good idea. And so he went and found someone to help him. And I love this connection, Brent. This made me so happy when I read this. <laughs> he went and he to found Civico. He, he had to have a partner. And that partner uh, was Donald Wisniewski. Now, we've said that name before on this show. He At the time, he was the vice president of marketing for VTech Industries. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. That's right. Yes. VTech. It reaches through all times. <laughs> and it's back for more. 
And so these guys, uh, of course, if you're a VTech and someone comes up with this idea, you're in. That's heck yeah. This is like, right up like, their alley. I want to make a plastic gizmo with a bunch of electronic stuff in it. Bam! That's all I need to hear. Sign me up, brother. And so, so these two guys formed Civico. And like you said, they, the way they came up with it was they took the word cyber and it made it sound Japanese. That was their yeah. that was their plan. Uh, and they also, the, why did they have this thing uh, designed and, and made in Russia? Well, simple. Uh, it took less time, what much less time. I think they said the, the from concept to to uh, uh, production was like a six months or something like that. It was real quick uh, wow. to, to uh, pull it out. <clears throat> and like, and as the article says, no one in Russia could have afforded one of these when it was made because they were they were you know expensive. They weren't even offered there. Uh, right. And so. You know, kind of, it's kind of nutty, but uh, uh, this thing had the extreme had a fifty-five button keyboard uh, that also included a directional pad and seven function buttons. Now, we should talk about uh, some of the gimmicks that Civico uh, ta- had. We talked about the wireless communication, and it, you know, the PDA. It, it did some like you know, it had your address book and all this jive. But one thing that they did was actually kind of smart is they they had a web page and you could go and get all the games for the Civico for free and applications. Like were, yeah. Yeah, there were there were no sold games. Like as far as I could tell, every game was free. Yes. And so and they had the at least when I found now I I found a, a download that had every game. All right, allegedly. And and every app. And but uh, supposedly they had around 500 games free games for this thing you know and and most of the stuff that ran on one ran on the other in fact maybe all of it uh so but that's still neat that they effectively it was all of, this is one of the few times in history where a where a hardware device is never not the least bit about the software it's all 100 percent the hardware yes so, because normally it's they try to make their money on the software but not this time around they try to make it on the backside. now if the civico uh Regular or classic, as it's called, sold five hundred thousand units. I have not found any numbers on what the Civico Extreme sold. I'm guessing it didn't sell too many because they never made any more. You know, and there's no, I couldn't find any recollection of what of how it died. Basically, well, uh, I can tell you how it died. How's that? A cell phone killed the Civico star, man. Oh well, yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say you're right there. That, that's uh, a, when when this was released. Because uh, you got to think, it was from 2000 to 2002 was its quote-unquote glory days. And a lot of teens didn't have cell phones because you, you had to also pay for the cell phone plan. Uh, you know, it was more of a, it was a monthly investment for parents who, did, who you know, didn't want to do that kind of thing. Where this allowed you to have some of those texting, have some of those chat features, uh you know, if you if you had a you and your buddy had one, and it was no monthly fee once you bought it, especially since all the games were free, all the applications were free. It was a purchase and own kind of thing. Uh, but as cell phone plans started coming down in price, phones started coming down in price. Uh, it eventually just killed the market for these things. It it is a neat concept, though. Uh, in all honesty, oh, I would have. Man, I would have killed for one of these when I was a kid. Yeah, well, in high school, because well, I was this. using my TI eighty five with a cord attached to another TI eighty five, 
and I wrote a chat program so I could chat with my classmates in class. Uh, and I, and it was great. And we all loved it. You know, yeah. if we could had this thing wirelessly talking, you know, from one classroom to another, it would have blown my mind. Well, you know, the Civico had a, what's called a basically a Civico basic that you could develop in. Of course, all the development stuff was free. They were giving it yeah. away. So really anyone could do anything they wanted on these. Uh, and uh, so you got probably a wide array. Now I looked at some of the games, not that many for the, I'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, if they were all over the map, I will say that something else I know is on the extreme. <laughs> this is awesome. There's a, there's an led on it. And when someone else on the Civico gets within range, that light comes on. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's almost like a Civico detector, you know, <laughs> That's on top of these things. Of course, the the uh, extreme could also uh, uh, play MP3s with the add-on. It had a memory expansion. I think it's like a one meg memory expansion uh, on it, and uh, uh, it had a, both of them had a USB port. And you could use uh, you could use to charge this thing, and uh, you could also use it to hook to your computer. And here's something wacky: if you had this thing hooked to your computer, you could surf the internet on the Civico. Don't know why you'd want to, but you. Yeah, I guess maybe you could go to the store that way. But I thought you know that what was else you of, could do? What's that? This had a MP3 plugin. Yeah, you well, could yeah, slam that bad boy in the expansion slot, load up your MP3s, and you'd be good to go. Yeah, of course it, it, that's sold separately. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. <clears throat> now I mentioned that the first one was 150 bucks. I believe the Civico Extreme sold for 140 bucks at retail. So slightly less. I should also mention that when you see the these in the stores, they came in as blister packs. So they were just hanging off of a hook, you know, uh, uh, which sort of if you saw old MP3 parts, so that's the way that a lot of that stuff sold, you know, was just in those in those packs. Uh, but uh, I also saw some boxed versions. I don't know if there was a difference, you know, uh, but uh, really unusual devices. I have to say when, when this came up on the wheel, I expected absolute garbage. But from all accounts, these things were pretty, not only were they, built okay but they were actually pretty popular a lot of people don't like the keys especially on the civico because they are aside from the fact that they're rubbery and small they're also kind of they're at a weird they're at a weird slant yeah you know what i mean and so that was something else they sort of fixed on the uh civico but i mean if you're marketing these to kids small buttons that are at slant hey the kids will be fine they, they got small hands i mean there's <laughs> a problem there so <clears throat> with all that said you know it's funny Normally, when we have these real obscure systems, uh, Brent, we actually have trouble finding uh, games uh, for them. But this had 500 games. I'm sure you found the exact same pack of ROMs I did. Mm. <clears throat> um, but the, let's not let's not mince words here. The games were um, hmm. this one. This is not a Game Boy. Now they compare this graphically. I saw a couple of people compare this to like a. Somewhere in the middle of between a Game Boy and a Game Boy Advance, you know, mm. uh, that's that's I mean, theoretically, probably in theory that it, that that's possible. And like I said, it does have sort of a directional pad and sort of has buttons for gaming. Of course, we didn't get to play this on the original device, so I don't know what it would have been like. Uh, but uh, well, we'll let you decide as we go into the games we picked. But I'm going to let you lead the lead the charge this week. What do you have for us on the on this particular item, what'd you pick from the 500 games? I went with the only thing that can possibly be emulated on an extreme handheld, and that's pinball. 
So we did a little bit of pinball pro action. And, uh, well, let me tell you something. It we won't did? take long. We did? <laughs> <laughs> we, it won't Say that again. What did we do with pinball pro action? Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. It won't take long to are. review this. <laughs> no, it stinks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Review over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a single screen um, pinball game uh, with one machine. And there's no scrolling. You have your flippers at the bottom that go from a 45 degree angle to a 90 degree angle left and right so it almost looks like they're touching and it it, it, uh it plays bad the physics are bad it does have one neat feature one thing that i actually really enjoyed with this was Uh whenever you went there were uh mission holes for lack of a better term uh there were uh spread out across the board whenever you went into one of the holes you it would play an animation uh, of you, you know, basically trying to emulate a, a, a DMD screen, and that was kind of neat. It made mm-hmm. me want to at least before I quit playing. It made me want to get in each of the holes to see what each of the animations were, mm-hmm. uh, and you, you know, some of them were were <clears throat> kind of crappily done. But there was a a dinosaur animation where the dinosaur is kind of uh, uh, screaming, you know, roaring its head. I like that was screaming kind of... better. That makes more sense <laughs> to me. It's screaming, get me out of here. I want to be extinct. <laughs> it was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Is this a good game? No. Are you going to emulate uh, this wonderful handheld to play pinball? No. No. This game looks like something that you would download off of a website for free and and that's exactly what it was um you might load it up literally out of curiosity and then you're going to be done there's and, and that's what it is and, and that's really what 95 percent of the games on the extreme were uh if you got a good puzzle game um if you've got a good uh uh, well, really, that's it. I think Puzzle Game was the only th- games on here that were interesting enough to want to play for more than, you know, 10 minutes. Did you have the same experience, Aaron? I liked your original uh, assessment of this game. The very first thing you said about it. <laughs> it stinks. It's, it does it, stink. It, this, is, yes. this, is, this is like, uh, if you compare this to, like, say, the Game Boy slash Game Boy Advance, like in the middle, the Game Boy would, they would come and beat you up. Like Mario would come to your house and yeah. try to kill you for saying that. This oh, is yeah, a no one, that would no one in ever... their right mind would say that about this game. No, they certainly would not. Hold on a second, let me adjust these. The uh, uh, truth of the matter is this is a, it's no good. I mean, it's a, it's a bad effort, frankly. Uh, I couldn't find hardly, I mean, I could found the, just the scarcest footage of this. And I, I, what I should have done is just recorded myself, but that would have been a very also scarce because I gave this very little attention. No good. No, I failed. It's pretty I, bad. I, I, I love you. I know you love pinball, and I'm assuming you just picked pinball and you thought to yourself, ah, pinball, they can't screw that up. You know? And well, you can imagine I, playing this on that screen with those controls. I mean, the controls probably weren't a problem. It just, it would just be not good. It, it, not good. it was not good. 
I mean, no. I of the things that I tried on, on the Civico, none of them were good. Um, they were free. Yeah, and that's really yeah. you know that's that's what you're up against. It, that's they the funny thing about the Civico. We talked about what a cunning idea it is to give away all the games. That here's what happens when you just have people randomly program games that you give away because that effect when you're giving all the games away effectively, it means all the games have no value. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's not like a big, uh, a big uh, programming outfit is going to come to town and be like, "Hey, let's go for the Civico Extreme." You know, and they're not going to do that. You know, so uh, this was a the El Dudo Grande. You know, yeah, so, I agree. Big, this was probably the second worst game we've ever reviewed on this on the show. What was the first worst, if I can ask? Uh, that's that CDI game that literally caused me pain. Uh, <laughs> Microcosm, I think. Now, what was it, Aaron? <laughs> that <laughs> that that was actually a a CD thirty two game. Thirty two game, yes. That's the yeah. worst game? You gotta be joking. No, that game was the absolute worst game I've ever played in my entire right life. On. You're nuts. You're out it of your mind. It caused me physical pain. Right. All the more reason to like it. No. That's it was, good for me. I, I would rather that. play I would rather play this horrible pinball game for a, for an hour straight than that game. Oh god. Well, all that said, let's get let's get your stinkeroo out so we can bring in the big dog here. All right, because I've got something to say about this. So I actually did a little research before I picked the game. I just pick one at random, like like a goofball. And, of course, the fruits of my labor were, bam, blazing boards. Just the yes. name is better than yours. It's it blazing is. boards, my friend. So what is blazing boards? Uh, blazing boards is a skateboard game. Now, I found some reviews, believe it or not, of this. And uh, one reviewer said... Uh, you could compare this game to Tony Hawk Pro Skater because of all the tricks. Uh, no, you but can't. I think everyone, <laughs> hold on, I think everyone will agree with me that the gameplay in Blazing Board surpasses all other games for the Civico. That shows you how good this sucker is, man. No, and so, I don't even agree with that. There was a, a racing game that uh, was had 3D graphics. It was all vector graphics. Um, yeah, but the cars properly scaled. It was actually pretty interesting. Uh, it, it, I would say that was the best thing I played for this system. Well, I, I will say I thought this was a, a pretty a tour de force graphically for the uh, Civico. It and was pretty good. On, it was much better this than plays on. This plays on both the Civico and the Civico Extreme. Now, I, I've had the luxury of actually seeing this being played on an actual Civico, and it does look much worse than it does here. <laughs> of course, it's on that little screen. Uh, and the one thing that's funny, the the Civicos weren't renowned for their screen quality. Ironically, it's 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 okay. Basically, it's not it's not gonna blow you away. So, <clears throat> Blazing Boards released in June of two thousand three, and uh, as far as I can tell, developed by Civico and and of course put out by them. So this is one that looks like they actually someone there actually developed, not just some schlub. Well, the most of the games were like that. Yeah. So if you've ever thought to yourself. What would it be like to skateboard down the Death Star Trench? This is the game for you because that that effectively is what you're looking at. You're skateboarding down what I would assume is a long alley, and off in the distance you see the uh, the city the city skyline of of New York or you know some city. Let's go with New York. 
Oh, actually, I think it's Chicago. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, what you do on this is you're skating down and you're doing tricks uh, as you go down the uh, go down the alley. Uh, and occasionally you will see ramps. Uh, you will also see uh, rails that you can go on. <clears throat> Assuming now they this is what they say because I couldn't pull it off. They say there are 35 separate tricks that you can do. One wow. thing I noticed about yeah, one thing I noticed about this game is that I would jump up in the air, wiggle around like an idiot, and it would say like, you know, uh, it would say a name, Ollie or whatever. I do the same thing again, and it would look like almost the exact same animation. It'd be like Triple Lindy. You know, I'd be like what. The- well, so, t- to be fair, to the untrained eye, not that I have a trained eye, well, here we but go. a lot of skateboarding tricks have subtle differences that you wouldn't really notice. Well, uh, I would because I'm a seasoned skateboard uh, viewer. From back- I am. Right. I used to- you just you just said you did a Lindy. <laughs> well, I well I wanted to be cute there. Okay, so <laughs> as you go down through here doing your tricks, uh, there are you occasionally come across an obstacle. As far as I could tell, there were there were spikes occasionally because yeah. that's what bars. happens when you go down an alley. There's yeah, also horizontal uh, there, bars. There's also just like you know when, when you're going down uh, the the trench on like the third level of of Star Wars the arcade game. They'll just have those random walls stuck out. There's some of those. <laughs> yeah, they made it. They they made their way here as well. Uh, so that happened, uh, and uh, but that's that's the game. You can you complete the track and move on now. Uh, this game apparently uh, could even had like uh, they had competitions with it. Uh, if you look at the opening of this, there's a Best Buy, some kind of Best Buy tie-in. I don't know what I don't know what it is. I couldn't find out. But Best Buy is a, an American electronic store. It's still around. They're the so Dick Smith they had, of America. Yeah, they are. Except not nearly as cool. Uh, but uh, they, they this had some sort of tie-in uh, on this. Uh, <clears throat> I like the fact. That they they actually tried to, you know, let you see what kind of, uh, what kind of actual uh, uh, graphics this thing could put out. I'd say this is probably towards the high end of what you could do graphically on the on the Civico, uh, but it looks pretty good. Does yeah. it play great? Uh, not really. Oh, I should also mention that occasionally you'll come across, uh, not occasionally, a lot of these, a box with a B on it. Those are your burning boxes. If you get enough of those, blaze. Like those it, are your blazing boxes. Yeah. Well, they, whatever you want to call them. Once you get enough of those, you your skateboard sets on fire. Yeah, it's like NBA Jam. You know, and that's when you get the big points. Well, it's kind of cool, and you, and it's also got like a uh, you race against the clock, and after you get a while, after you get so far, you'll get a checkpoint, and it, it'll give you more time. <clears throat> so this is an actual game. You know, it's not like pinball where you're just like flailing like an idiot this is a this is a legitimate game you know it's true brent oh. uh, yeah and if you're going to play anything on the system this is one of the games i would try i will say there's a game on the if you watch the menu system as whoever was putting this together there's a game on here called i think it's called men's washroom two no that's garbage no i would love to say did you try that yes you did it, try it's, men's washroom two. yeah it's breakout uh, what what's with the name on that? It, it just has uh, uh, toilet it's got paper. It's got a toilet as its icon and, and uh, urinals, and those are the targets for your for your Arkanoid clone. Why yeah, would you it, make garbage. your game based on that? Because <laughs> it, it it got you to remember it. Well, it worked. I w- 
I will say. Now, I want to say that Blazing, of course, the icons or the logos I've got here for these games, I sort of made these up, I'll be honest with you. But Blazing Boards was actually a surf. Uh, it's a surf competition, I believe is what it was. So I don't, I don't know if that's where they nicked the name uh, for, for this one. Of course, your name. Let me tell you something, Pinball Pro. If that's what happens when you turn pro, man, I'm going to stay in the ranks of the amateurs. <laughs> now, I uh, want to say a few things about this game real yeah, quick. Yeah, go Aaron. ahead, man. Uh, a few things that you, you, you didn't mention or you didn't mention well enough. Oh, As you're off. going through, uh, there are rails, uh, rail systems that you can slide down. And to do that, you basically just have to run into the rail. And once you get on the rail, you can do different motions and do different tricks on the rails. Uh, and div- the different Grinding, tricks give man. you different points. Right, different grinds. Uh, you also, when you you ollie, you know, your, your jumps, um, if you hit a ramp just perfectly, it might have just been my mind playing tricks on me, but I <laughs> felt like if I ollied right at the top of a ramp, I got more distance. And just like when you're on the rail, you know, wiggling the joysticks and hitting the buttons will have you do... Uh, different board flips, uh, and again, raise your score. But at the heart of this, it's a race game. Uh, Your goal is to try to get uh, to the bottom, to the finish line as quickly as possible, and make points along the way. So hitting those obstacles is really brutal because it almost always knocks your skateboarder down, which kills all your momentum. Um, I could actually see playing this because the uh, system encouraged you to take your high scores online. And I believe it had a functionality for that. So you could uh, get the high scores that were out there. And it even talks about system. getting a move of the week. Did you see that? Yeah. And, and yeah. so I don't, I, 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 I would be interested to know if they actually had additional moves that they would give you every so often, which that, that's kind of a neat feature. If yeah, that's true. it is. And so, I I could see where this would probably be among the top games uh, for the system because it looks like they tried to uh, bring the community in, uh, give them something to shoot for with the high score stuff. And the game is is okay. I definitely played this for longer than I played pinball. Uh, Not that that's saying much. Ten Uh, seconds. But this is, you know, this is an actual game that, if I saw it for, you know, a dollar on on a phone store, I would understand why someone might pay that. Yeah. Unlike yeah. pinball, which you couldn't pay me to play. No, no, absolutely not. No, there's definitely a game here. I I, I found it okay. You know, it does show you that the I mean, this thing, if you think about the games you were playing on your old flip phone, this is way better than Uno and stuff that I was playing. So I mean I you know, it's they've got something. I think that, and of course they had success, so it's not like they completely bombed out. But uh this game they, they put forth some effort. I, I thought it was okay. Uh you're gonna be stunned to find out that there were very little reviews on this, Brent. Uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah, find, none of this stuff could get reviewed. Yeah. Oh, I found a review. And it was it was <laughs> Yeah, but what did that guy say it was better than Tony Hawk? Well, no, he said it was the best game on the system, and he did give this a 10 out of 10. Of course he did. (laughs) Hey, that's high praise. Like you mentioned, I like the fact they were trying to build a community around this thing. One would wonder what kind of community you build on men's washroom, too. (laughs) Probably not not the same. Not a community I want to be involved with. 
you know a community that I do want to be involved with? One that's based around Lady Luck herself. And you know which community I'm talking about. It's wheel time. Bam. Oh, okay. Bam. Now, can you tell me, Aaron, me tell can you, you remind me what you added to the wheel this week? Because I have I forgotten. Sure, I sure can, my friend. This week I added the Game Master Systema 2000. Another one. <laughs> because you you picked all these. I don't have a choice here. The Game Master Systema. That's not system. That's Systema 2000. <laughs> and then our retro piece... Uh, hearkening back to our one of our most popular episodes, Brent, because everyone loved it so much. We've put the Xbox back on here. The Xbox. Oh no! Brent. I'm going to spin this sucker. Let's the, see what the, we get. The wheel is full of landmines. You got that right. Here we go. Ugh. Please, please be a lock piece. Oh boy, here it is. The winner this week: the NASCOM one and two, Brent. What can you tell us about the NASCOM 1 and 2? The what? The NASCOM the... 1 and 2. I don't the know. <laughs> you don't know, do you? I don't right know here. at all. Please let the pain stop. The NASCOM 1 and 2. You're an idiot. You've screwed us again. <laughs> no, I don't think that's one of my pieces. That's one of the older pieces. No. No, Brent. This is one of your pieces. That's your font. That's your piece. NASCOM 1 and 2. It's from 1977, Mitsuyama says. You know it's gold. <laughs> you are a dull. Wow. You are Well, at least fool. we're going from one extreme to the other. Yes, we are. Brent, uh, I want to touch, before we tag off here, I want to talk about just a little uh, thank you to everyone who came around last night for International Computer Club. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a good turnout. Even even you came around at one point, stunningly. Uh, we had a good time. I was there for we the whole thing. A, yeah, I was here for talked, the whole thing. It was excellent. Every Everyone's about, presentations were incredibly interesting. Yeah, uh, we talked about uh, 3D printers with Dave. We had, uh, um, a, a tr- we had a look at Edmund's Man Cave, including all his drinking buddies and his, and his homemade brewski still he's got in there. Uh, we had a uh, uh, great uh, look at some of Nick Marite's games and what he had upcoming. His new game for the Coco looks really good. It's a pipe pipe mania style game. Curtis showed us Nitro uh, Nitros the uh, Nitro Nine, the uh, really cool graphical GUI based Coco front end, you know, uh, operating system. Uh, we had a very interesting look at a Raspberry Pi project with uh, Flack. Uh, making movie poster TVs. Uh, that was neat. Uh, we had Boat trying to get some help. <laughs> Here comes Boat. He needs help with his Amiga 1000. We had that as well. Yeah. Uh, so a good time was had by all. We learned a little bit about the Mister uh, from from Graham. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it was a good time, man. And I I, uh, I really hope that uh, uh, everyone that came had a good time. Uh, I'll be putting this thing up for everybody to view on YouTube sometime in the next few days. Uh, but uh, thanks to everybody that made it possible. Uh, it was a uh, the luckiest broadcast of my life. They're getting out of this thing fairly unscathed. So I was I was pleased the, as the way at the way it went down, Brent. Um, Brent, do you have anything you want to discuss, or do you want to give any shout outs here as we close this sucker down? Uh, well, one thing I I want to mention real quick. 
Um, I, I just did a little bit of research on the NASCOM, and apparently it is a 1977 kit computer. So that will be fun. <laughs> now, let me, you know, is this an emulatable machine, Brent? It and is. It doesn't have there, games. Yes, 47 games, and, and the emulator apparently was updated this year. Okay. So we'll All we'll right. see uh we'll see how that goes. Fair um enough. here in Fair chat enough. we got uh Frodo, we got Bob Retto, Dave, we've got Curtis, Picard, Mitz, uh Hermsky stopped in, uh Cobrian, uh Xenon Canine, and let me throw it down to uh, Paul Kitching was in. Zerglub. Let me uh, find some of our lurkers real quick to shout out. Jost80 and Re1Yik. Very good. Re1Yik in the house. That's so it. Next, so next week, Brent, the the NASCOM 1 and 2, and I pre-hate you. I will say that. Let's take this thing to the bank, my friend. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for stopping by, and until next week, have a NASCOM day. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Quick shout out to all of our YouTube subscribers and Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at anchor.fm slash ARG presents. Supporters get entry into the Amigos Discord channel as well as their name called out in the credits. Supporters like these fine folks, Xenon Canine, Anthony Jarvis, Graham W. Vetke, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Norris, Frodo NL, Steve Rasmussen, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Retroalgy, Hermsky, John Dackman, and Jerry Dennington. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Send it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We record live every Sunday at 9am EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.